welcome to the Metamorphosis Podcast. My name is Nordia Shireen, and I'm so excited to invite you on my journey of growth. Change is constant and can be difficult, but experience has taught me that it is necessary. I pray for the discernment to navigate my faith, my fears, and my growth. And I hope to encourage you, whether you're in caterpillar or butterfly season, that a win is a win at any time. So as you begin to feel uncomfortable, too big, too small, too wide, or like you can't fit, metamorphosis. Welcome, 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 welcome back to your favorite pod in the world, Metamorphosis. So I know what you guys are about to say, and I'm going to say, sorry, I know that I was supposed to bring another episode to you guys on a Monday. Every Monday we have a new episode, but unfortunately or fortunately for me, I have been getting down with some family on my side of Trinidad and, you know, we've had a full house and I just didn't have the time, y'all, you know, end of semester, all that kind of crazy stuff. Can I say that I apologize sincerely and thank you guys for still supporting me, still listening. The plays are still going up and I cannot wait to bring to you guys some new content and new episodes. Now, can I tell y'all that I'm still trying to do a visual? Uh, The light is in my eye. I'm trying. I am not even dressed probably, but we are going to get into this. Today's episode is going to be called and entitled Holiday Bliss, Blues, and Boundaries. Listen, we are going to get into some stuff. Now, how was your Christmas? Because mine was merry, okay? I was in a little runt before the holidays. I was feeling a little depressed. You know, that seasonal depression be kicking in. But, you know, I went to church and I said to myself, God, you are too good to me. And you know what? I love the holidays. I love everything about it. I love the giving. I love the the vibes. I love the family quality time is my utmost favorite part of any single holiday and I just love putting special attention into things on these special days because honestly throughout the day-to-day of my life I can never and I don't remember the people that I love the people that I talk to the people that I confide in so on holidays like these I take the opportunity to really you know um prioritize my family and show them that I love them by buying them a gift and you know your girls grunting but I make the thing work and I get some gifts from my family and you know I got a lot of good feedback from everybody everybody liked what they got and you know the bank was broken but it shall be rebuilt in the name of the Lord so I feel pretty good about my Christmas I really want to know how you feel about yours you know what I'm about to say did you follow me yet did you follow this podcast did you add me on TikTok did you follow me on Instagram did you follow me on on YouTube. There we can talk, get to know one another, have a little back and forth chit chat with your girl about how you feel about the podcast and some topics that I've brought up to you. Now let's get into it. We're going to start off with our icebreaker. And yes, I did. I went to Target and I got us some better cards because the stuff we were dealing with before, honey, I don't know what it was, but it was ghetto. And so now I got for you guys this little card game called Self Love. And um, did I bust it open in Target to read the cards before I paid my money? Yes, I did. I did. I bust it open. And you know what? It's a good game. And you know what I am proud of myself for? Even though I bust the box open at Target, I did not take a new box. Now, how many of y'all be doing that? I know y'all be doing that. We be opening stuff to sample it at the store to see the size. And we have the audacity when it is right, the right size, when it is exactly what we want. We put back the open package on the shelf and then we take a new one. That is real bull fisting. I never see that before. <laughs> I got a couple family members that do that. I ain't going to shout y'all out, but y'all know who y'all are. Y'all better stop doing that. 
So our icebreaker, we have the self-love game and it's all about like really reflecting and stuff like that. Now, this is a um, spinoff off of the game called We're Not Strangers. Um, and I think it's really good for conversation starting. I love conversation starting games. Like one thing your girl is a sucker for is good conversation. Like I can hang out, I can play games, I can have fun, but you see, if I can have a deep talk with you, a heart to heart, and we can really get down with the get down, I'm going to really love that. So I love this game so much. So the game says self-love means loving all versions of yourself, even the ones you may not recognize anymore and the ones you don't know yet. It takes practice. And that's why we made this game. So it has three categories, past, present, and future. And it also has wild cards. So I'm very interested in this game and I think it's perfect for the metamorphosis pod for my caterpillars and butterflies for us to really reflect on who we are now, who we want to be and who we was. Okay, so I'm going to pull three cards and I'm going to answer them and you can answer them in your heart, in your car, in your head or in your shower, in your bathroom, in your bedroom, wherever you are listening to this pod. I want you to answer for yourself. Let's get into it. So we're going to do the first level. The first level is past. And I'm going to try my best to randomly choose a card. When was a time you shared your truth even if it felt risky. Am I going to get too deep if I talk about this? I think one of my risky truths that I shared is definitely being abused. Um, yeah, sexually abused. I think that was a risky truth for me to share um, because nobody really knew that about me. And as much as I used to, you know, say that I was like very empathetic and, you know, all for... Um, supporting people who have been through abuse I was definitely carrying a lot of shame and which is normal so if you've been abused and you're carrying shame and I want to normalize that for you and tell you that's very normal to feel shame when you're abused and do not feel like you're the oddball out I still feel ashamed of being abused of being in the wrong place at the wrong time talking to the wrong person doing the wrong thing sometimes yes we do do the wrong thing and things like that happen to us and so um I carry a lot of shame and I'm still day to day working on the shame that I carry. But I would say that that's something, a truth that I shared that was very risky for me. And in my situation, I think it paid off because it was like a weight off my shoulder. Um, but I want to encourage you that if you do not want to share it, it's totally your prerogative. And I support you if that's your decision and you would like to keep your business your business. Okay. All right. I ain't going to spin off too much because y'all know I like to digress. So level two, we're going to do present. When was a time you saw yourself in someone else? Oh, my gosh. So I have this little cousin and her name is Angel. I see myself in her all the time in the way like she's so lovable in the way people always want to talk to her. And and uh, um. I, I really just see myself in her just how I was like how everybody loves me and I was so lovable and talkative and likable and I had a very bubbly personality um I do think that I see myself in her sometimes so yeah I think I see myself in her um She's just like the cutest little thing. And, you know, like I really support that because like I always wanted to be a it girl. So I think like I'm trying to live vicariously through her and help her be a it girl. I don't know if it's healthy or not, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. Listen, I bought her a Stanley for Christmas and the girl in Target was asking me about her. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm getting it for my little cousin. You know, she just went to high school, whatever. She's like 13 or whatever. And she's like, oh, what does a 13-year-old need with a Stanley? I was like, first of all, first of all, you're in my business. And <laughs> I was like, you know, you're really in my business right now. I'm not really feeling it. But yeah, like she had a point, but 
did I still buy it? Of course I did. If my, if I can get a Stanley, my girl can get a Stanley. Next one I list is tell feezies. I tell feezy. I tell feezy. Tell feezy. I tell. Anyways, um, future. The future question is, what would you help? What would help you forgive more? Hmm. Apologies. There it is. I said it. An apology that would help me forgive more like people really be doing you dirty and not be saying sorry and like I get it like everybody's not going to be sorry and you're going to have to like forgive people and accept apologies that were never given to you but like it makes forgiveness hard for me if I don't get a sorry if I don't get an apology if I don't get an even an acknowledgement like I'm just like mm, like I just be really upset about it and it's hard for me to get over things when I feel like they haven't even been addressed so that's something I'm working on like actively in therapy is like what am I supposed to do when like I see that a situation is like dead it's a dead end like I'm not getting that apology it's not coming it's not in the mail you know there's no tracking number on that thing and I have to just like move on I'm like oh my god what am I supposed to do? So I've been actively working on that. So I don't really have no answers for y'all on that. But I can say that is something that like really is a barrier for my forgiveness is like um, apologies, like not having them. And I think I would be able to forgive better if people apologize. Like, why is it so hard? Like, I apologize. Why you can't apologize? I'm apologizing to you. Like, who you think you is? But uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. that is what it is. That is it, it. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. And like at the end of the day, like people are gonna just be who they are. And like once Sarah Lee add up two plus two when she gets seven, she is not going to. She's not hearing you. He is not hearing you, Harry George. He's not hearing you. Once he add up one plus one and he get forty eight, he is telling you like straight up, like I'm not apologizing. And and like we have to learn to be okay with people not apologizing. You know, the funny thing I found out about that is that like. Like most of the times like we have to dig deep down and like find empathy to be able to like forgive people like that like you have to like attempt to understand them and know their story and like to me it's just like when you're so upset like it's really hard to identify with them and like say like oh they're a person too and there's reasons they are the way they are but it's something like I said that I'm actively working on and Lord knows that it has been difficult, but I've been trying and I think that it is an accomplishable task, but it just takes time. So that was our little icebreaker segment. I hope you like it. If you like the game, you can go get it at Target. The name of it is Self Love. It's in a cute little pink box. And no, I'm not getting paid for this, but I'm going to tell y'all about it anyways. So, yeah. So, holiday, blues, bliss, and boundaries. So, what was my bliss for the holidays? Obviously, the bliss was being around family. Um, I love my little brothers. They always make the holidays for me, like, very joyous, very merry. You know, we have a good time. I invited my other family from, you know, Brooklyn. And we really had a good time. And, you know, we were enjoying ourselves. So that was really my bliss. And the bliss, too, was, like, being able to get stuff for people and seeing the look on their face, seeing them be happy. Like, that really makes me happy. Like, gift giving is a love language for me and how I share my love. Like, I really do, like to get people stuff and you know make them feel good about themselves make them feel happy I love the expression on their face when they open their gifts you know that's always been something very like near and dear to me like I'm all about the giving and I'm all about the family you know and I think that's why I go so hard for holidays because it's like an opportunity to seize the moment and prioritize your family spend time with them and really deepen that bond and that connection so 
that's I think one of the main reasons why I enjoy it so 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 much and I love to host I love to be a good host I love to invite people over love to make people comfortable I love to ease people's anxiety you know I just love to facilitate and like create an environment where people feel safe and at home so on holidays I make it my business to do stuff like that now If you know anything about holidays and having family over for it, then I must imagine some of y'all must have been struggling. Like, did y'all have to take a couple drinks to deal with y'all family? Because I did. (laughs) I had to take a couple shots now. I had to get my guy had to get myself going because, listen, family is a hell of a thing. I mean... When you getting married, when you doing this, when you having children, when you, I mean, the questions never stop, do they? And it's like, I know that as like somebody, if you're around my age, you know, which is our late 20s, like there's a lot of questions and curiosity about where our lives are going. And that can be so stressful. So I want to talk a little bit about how you probably put up boundaries and how you can learn to put up boundaries in the future so that you're not dealing with situations that you do not want to deal with. Now, who are boundaries for? Boundaries are not for the other person. They're actually for you, for your protection. That's the priority. And then secondarily, it does protect other people because what it does now is show them what they can expect and show them the limitations that are on you as a person and how far you're willing to go with them and what you're willing to do. And so that can manage their expectations and lead to less disappointment. And the same for you. Now, I've been a boundary girl for a little while now. Boundaries are something that when they're implemented, the people you implement boundaries with often feel betrayed. They feel like you have left them, you have let them down, that you have like broken the loyalty, the bond, because all the things that you let them do before, you're now saying no to. And so they get pissed off, y'all. They be, they be crossed with you. I don't know what that means. I don't really know much um Jamaican, but um yeah. So I think that the first thing you want to remember when you're implementing boundaries is be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself because people are not going to be kind to you. Um, They're going to say that you betrayed them. They're going to be like, they're going to say you're mean. They're going to say that you let them down. They're going to be disappointed. But you be kind to yourself and really assert and assure yourself that you're doing what's best for you. And some of the things that you can say to yourself is, you know, I'm in control and I I'm doing this because it's what's best for me. I'm in control and I'm doing this because this is what's best for me. So, you know, thinking about that and 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 how you are really kind of trying to assure yourself in the moments where people are just not giving you that assurance, where they're not being gentle with you, they're not being kind with you because they're hurting. Really, that's what it is. They're hurting because they feel like they've lost something that they've had for so long. So you want to be gentle with them and gentle with yourself and say to yourself, it's okay. You know, it's okay to change your mind Can I say that to you? Can I ease some of your anxiety and make you feel okay in your growth and in your journey that it is okay to change your mind? Um, You wake up in the morning and you don't want to work that job anymore. It's okay. You know, you go to school and you feel like you need to change your major. It's okay. You had a friend for 50 years and realized that the friendship is not serving you. It's okay. You want a boyfriend and you guys are engaged and, you know, planning a wedding and you realize you're in love with someone else. (laughs) 
Now you really need to get it together. Why would you do that to that man? But it's okay. <laughs> you didn't know that, girl. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's okay. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to say that this is not what I want to do anymore. And I want to move into something else. I want to move into new territory. And um, something I've realized on my journey is that changing your mind rearranges the dynamics of your life it rearranges your relationships it rearranges your perspectives it rearranges your responsibilities um and so it can totally catapult your entire thing and your entire system that you have going but it's okay you have a right to change your mind you are in charge of your life and so I want you to feel empowered that it's possible and changing your mind sometimes is all a part of God's plan for your life. You know, we always think that sometimes we, you know, don't, we shouldn't change our mind. We have to stay on the right track. We're getting older we're getting wiser, I hope. And so we have to stick to the plan. Oh my God, have you heard that? Have you ever heard that before? Because I've heard that so many times. Stick to the plan. Stay the course. Ooh, my churchgoers, you know that one? Stay the course. All right. Yeah, we hear it all the time. And and it's honestly like it can be encouraging if you actually do want to stay the course. But for someone who is struggling with changing their mind and feeling the the readjustment or the transformation or the repositioning of their values, interests, and perspectives can be so distraught when someone says to them, stay the course, stay on track. Um... This is where you really want to listen to your own voice, your own intuition. And this is where my Christian people, you know, if you're a Christian listener, you want to check in with God about what exactly it is that you want me to do. Like, let's check in. Let's 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 I see the GPS is hitting reroute. But let me look at this again and see exactly where I'm going. Let's check this. Let me make sure that I got everything that I need for where I'm going and be prepared, you know. So I just want you to know that that it's okay. And so when you're putting up boundaries, you want to give yourself that assurance and you want to be gentle and kind to yourself. Another thing that you want to be able to do when you're setting up boundaries is to be consistent. Oh my goodness. Consistency is key. When they said it, it was the truth that they said. So you want to be consistent because if you are not able to keep the momentum of the boundaries that you put up, you put yourself at risk and you put someone else at risk to be hurt. You know, if you say that I'm no longer going to tolerate mistreatment from a man or I'm no longer going to, you know, tolerate mistreatment from a friend, you have to stand by that. You know, you got to stand on business. I mean, if you don't, what ends up happening is that you have now placed yourself in a position to be played. And when I say played, I know people think about being cheated on, but I use played for like almost every situation. Like you was mean to me. You really tried to play me. You cut me in traffic. Oh, you tried to play me. Okay. Like that's how I use it. And you put yourself in a position to be played when you are not consistent with your boundaries. You say that this is what it is. And you say that this is what you need. Then you want to stick to it. Cause all you'll end up doing is becoming angry. 
Do you know that being angry is an indicator of an injustice that's happening in our body or in our environment? So a lot of times when we're angry, it's our body or our our mind telling us that something here happening is wrong. And when you get angry, that's why they say it's a secondary emotion, because there's something underneath that that is that is fueling that rage. So you get angry now because somebody crossed your boundaries. But did you even were you even consistent? Like, girl, come on, you know, you didn't want to be with that man. You know, that man was not putting in the work. He was not standing on business. He was not doing what he said he was going to do. He was not putting that effort in none of that. Baby girl, why are you still answering his messages? Girl, why are you liking his pictures? Girl, why are you cooking for him, inviting him over? Like, stop doing it. Y'all getting me tight? Y'all getting me tight? Stand on business, baby girl. If you set a boundary, if you really set it and you maintain it, then you give yourself the opportunity now to have less disappointment to be less angry and to make connections that are more valuable can I tell you something when I started dating there was like a terrible pool of men and I thought there was something wrong with the pool but you the problem was actually me I was going in the wrong pool You know, I was attracting men that were unavailable, not just emotionally, but physically as well, like financially, like they were just not in a place for a relationship. I can't tell you how many men that I were with found out that they had a girlfriend, a man that I was with found out that he had a wife, a man that I was with said that he couldn't date me because he he didn't have the money. A man that I was with just said he wasn't ready for a relationship that he wanted to take it slow. And I said to myself, God, why is this happening to me? why am I always getting these men that always have something else going on that are not relationship oriented and honestly after doing some serious self-searching I realized that it was because I was not consistent with my boundaries I said that if I meet a man and he was unavailable that I would cut it off but I kept it going I kept it going because I was so insecure and I thought that there was nobody else that I would find. I kept it going because I was bored. I kept it going because I felt um, inadequate. I kept it going because, shoot, sometimes I was the one not ready. Sometimes I was the one like not sure if I was enough or prepared for a relationship. And so I walked to the pool put my cute bathing suit on and hopped in that thing and so I don't understand why I was surprised when people started saying they had pee in it and like I really want to talk to somebody that if like there's this thing that's trending like oh there's pee in the dating pool there's pee in the dating pool but you know go find a new pool then and I make it sound easy but I know it's not because Listen, your girl is a dating connoisseur. I was just telling my 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 fam from Trinidad, like I done been on some crazy dates, but it's intentional work. And if you really want it, you really have to be intentional about it. We're not talking about dating. We're talking about boundaries. But I'm just using this example because it's so easy to be inconsistent with your boundaries because we get, you know, comfortable in in the you know habits and the cycles that we have set for ourselves and then we start not wanting boundaries either boundaries are difficult because sometimes that means that we'll have to be alone sometimes that means we'll have to get it done by ourselves sometimes that means that we lose out we miss out you know and so you have to decide now is it really worth it to you and if it's not that's cool but if it is you want to be kind consistent boundaries are nothing without consistency so did you get me are you getting me because if you want to do this thing called boundaries you really got to be um intentional about it so what we got through so far you got to assure yourself you got to be kind and gentle to yourself and you have to be consistent 
when you're setting up boundaries, another thing that you want to remember is that you have to respect other people's boundaries too. And that's one of the interesting things because like we always want people to respect our boundaries, but we have no respect for nobody's boundaries. Like we want somebody to like understand that like we can't, you know, go out every single weekend because we're tired and we work and et cetera, et cetera. But we want somebody to be available to us by phone 24-7. Um, one of the easiest and most, like, um, simplest forms of boundary breaking that I can think of is the the phone thing. I can't tell you how many times, like, people will call me and they didn't get me. And they also didn't leave a message, but they call me again. But they still didn't leave a message. And then they text me. And then instead of texting me what they need, they or texting me and say, can you please call me back when you have a chance? Or texting me and saying, oh, um, when is a good time for you to talk? They text me and say, like, I called you. <laughs> and like, what am I supposed to do with that, ma'am? <laughs> You called me. Yeah, I know. I was resting. I was getting myself caring. I was spending time with my little brothers. Maybe I was out with my boyfriend. You know, like, and and don't get me wrong. I do this too. I do this too. Because when I call my boyfriend, he don't answer. I'm going to send him that text. I'm going to say, listen, I'm calling you. You don't hear me? I'm calling you. Pick up your phone. And, um... It is one of the like easiest ways that we, you know, do not maintain boundaries, that we do not acknowledge boundaries and they're just non-existent is in the scenario of the phone and technology and this way of being able to instantly contact people and know where people are consistently. It does slightly like, you know, um, go into people's boundary territory so we want to be careful with that we want to respect other people's boundaries like it's not just about you and you know when you're heading into the holidays like don't be the person that asks someone a personal question that you know they probably don't want to answer like people come for the holidays back home from college people come from out of state out of town you know some people are going through their own things at work You want to be delicate. You want to be gentle. We're going into the new year. We just got done with Christmas. Maybe some of us are still with our families. Maybe some of us are planning something with our families for the new year. Be gentle with one another. Be conscious of the fact that everyone has a story. Everyone has their issues. Everyone has their complaints. Everyone has their own things that they navigate on a day-to-day basis. Be more understanding and be cognizant of the fact that you're not the only person that exists. And so maybe you can ask these questions, but what would be a more appropriate way to introduce these questions? You know what I'm saying? Should you do it at the dinner table around everybody else? Should you make a joke out of it? Like, you know your family best, right? I cannot tell you what works for them or what doesn't work for them, but you know them best and you know what can be said and what can't be said. So when you're getting around them, be gentle, be considerate. And then if they're getting in your business, then you need to set that boundary. You need to set that boundary and... You can do it in a very, very polite way. You don't always um, have to be mean. You don't always have to be, um, what's it, ignorant. (laughs) You don't always have to be, um, you know, classless or rude. You can just, you know, simply set a boundary with family Things like, 
I'm sorry, but I'm not comfortable, you know, speaking about this right now. That's something that you can say to your family. I'm sorry, but I'm actually not comfortable speaking about this right now. And um, it works, you know. Maybe it is um, uncomfortable because you're not used to it. If somebody's pushing it, you could be like, I'm sorry, I need to take a break. Can we come back to this? Can we, you know, table this for now? We can talk about it later. Or I'd really love to share this with you, but probably in a more private um, environment. Right? Um, Or you can be a little bit more assertive. You can say, I feel undermined when you bring this up in front of everyone. Next time, please just talk about talk to me about it in private right you have to be comfortable with saying these things though you can literally say I prefer not to share I'm sorry I prefer not to share you know um you have to just be comfortable and I kind of was talking about this with someone today and I was talking about the idea that when it comes to growing and evolving and morphing, right? And from this caterpillar to this butterfly, there is a little bit of discomfort in, you know, and saying no and setting boundaries with people and saying to them, like, this is what I'm going to do. And unfortunately, I, I got to put myself first. I got to put myself first, Lucius. I got to put myself first. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little bit of discomfort. And, and I was speaking and I was talking about being okay, being able to, like, settle in that discomfort. Being able to settle in people's disappointments is what can help us be able to be more comfortable with our decisions and be able to manage our self-guilt when we disappoint people because honestly disappointing people is a part of life but many of us have never had practice (laughs) disappointing people like I know I haven't had much practice like I've always tried to please everyone like I know that mostly it's probably my mother because like that's the person who's in the closest proximity but really it's not just her like when when it comes to making certain decisions it's not just about her what she think I think about what everyone would think I would think about my entire family extended family I think about what my teachers would think of me I think about what my staff would think of me my friends would think of me you know um there is this desire to please to appease to satisfy other people's wants and needs for us and so what happened is we often miss the mark when it comes to satisfying our own desires and um when we try because we've ignored our needs for so long sometimes ignoring our own uh, sometimes satisfying our needs feel abnormal to us and our family and friends and loved ones disappointment is sometimes overwhelming for us to sit in to the point where many of us rescind on our decision to be ourselves and to live an autonomous life and to make our decisions and do the things that make us individually happy, um, we rescind because the disappointment is overwhelming. The disappointment can lead to loss. The disappointment can lead to severe conflict. And so, you know, me and my friend, we were talking and what I said to her was it's so important to be able to sit and settle in that disappointment. So I hope that you've gained something from this little talk and boundaries. I really want us to get into our what would Jesus do segment because I think that I have talked for a little while and I really want us to nibble on something today. So let's get into it. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. 
again. Yeah. Come on. Uh. Uh. What would Jesus do? Jesus. I ask you, what would Jesus do? Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I ask Tell you and you. Okay, so I have your hot topic for you, okay? I'm trying to record a visual, so let's get this together so I can show you guys the video as well as play the video for you, all right? We're going to do it. Some random on TikTok. I'm not giving y'all her information or nothing. Like, we're just gonna talk about what she said in the video. I'm about to hit you with a religious hot take, so buckle up and take everything that I say with a grain of salt. This isn't a place of judgment. This is just my personal views, and my personal opinions. And if they apply to you, or they relate to you, or you can take something away from them, please do. I have learned that I need to separate my relationship with God versus my relationship with the church. I am a follower of Jesus and not a follower of the church in all cases. Religion is such a tough thing to talk about because I am the biggest supporter of believing in whatever it is that you want to believe in. But in Christianity, I'm often told that that makes me not a true follower of Christ. And to each their own. I know I'm going to get comments, oh, you're a fake Christian. I get them all the time. The way that I view Christianity is to live like Jesus, to love one another, to put other people first and to love people as they are genuinely as they are support what it is that they want to do what they need to do what works for them versus the kind of christian who says no you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this that 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 that's not how i feel and that's why this is my personal relationship with god i just want to give an example today i went to church and i was so excited to go to church so many aspects of going to church that i love i went all by myself i worshiped on my own and it felt really good we get into the scripture and the man who's preaching starts to say things that really get under my skin I'm pulling out the notes. He starts to discuss things about how the woman was created for a man. And women are the weaker vessel. They are fragile and they need men. And there's a difference in hierarchy, but that doesn't mean there's a difference in importance. Now, maybe I'm just a little too independent, a little too feminist, but I don't believe so. He continues to talk about, oh, I know a lot of people are going to be like, it's 2023. It's not like that anymore. But in here, the Bible stays the Bible. But it shouldn't. It's wrong. It's belittling. It's degrading. I am not an object. I hope all of the women in the room felt what I felt because it was really just not cool. Jesus would not put up with that. That's what I said. That's what I wrote in here. If Jesus was here in 2023 when, you know, times are evolving, he would evolve with them too. I don't know. I don't want to get like super into it because there were some good messages in church. But the whole second half, he's like, my wife is allowed to go through my phone. Yeah, that's the bare minimum, homeboy. Maybe it was who was speaking. Maybe it's the way that the scripture was being interpreted. Maybe it was the scripture itself. I don't know. But the point of this is that every church that you go to, every experience you have in a setting like that may not be great. That being said, that should not take away from your relationship with God. On my way home, I prayed and I still felt just as connected to God, even though I didn't agree with that service. I'm not exactly sure how to explain it. I just wanted to share with you that you can be a Christian who supports people, who views all of us as one, who doesn't label one person better than another. And to me, that's what it means to be a true Christian. I'm about to. So now I seen this because I was just scrolling, trying to like anxiously find you guys a hot topic and something for us to discuss. And what would Jesus do? I ask you, what would Jesus do? Uh. So as you guys already know. The purpose of this segment of the pod is that I throw out a hot topic, question, or circumstance, and together we discuss what we think, how we feel, but ultimately we imagine, consider, and contemplate what would Jesus do. It's an opportunity for us to dive into our word and get clear about who we are and what God actually wants from us. Let's get into it. So Miss Little Lady on the TikTok says that she wants to church and she believes that you should separately separate your relationship with God from your relationship with the church. Um, She went there and missed a man on the podium or, you know, he started talking about how women, you know, are fragile and, you know, they need men. They're nothing without men. And, you know, this, that and the next one. 
Now, I'm pretty sure if you have been an avid churchgoer like myself, who's been going to church since in the womb, um, you'll say that, yeah, I definitely heard this before. My little hot take on this is that I agree with some of her statements. Now, for her statement of your relationship with God should be separate with your relationship from the church, I definitely agree in some sense. Like, you should not let one affect the other is where I agree. I'm not really sure about the separation. I'm, I would need context on what that would mean because I do feel like God focuses, empowers, and loves community. And so anytime I hear about the separation of that, um, I do think that we are straying more away from what the word wants us to do and who God actually wants us to be. I think every situation, God created space for community. I mean, Jesus traveled around with 12, 12 friends. Look, come on. If that's not a community, I don't know what is, you know. So um, it's important to focus on that. Now, what she says now about this this pastor saying that, you know, these things about women, you know, I think that the way he said it is probably definitely wrong. Like, you know, I agree with what she says. Like, well, some of it. I agree what she says about, like, Jesus evolving like if he was here in 2023 if we study the nature of Jesus and who he was and what he represented on earth um he would definitely be an advocate for women's rights um and he would advocate for our value in the community in society and who we are because one thing about that man he loved an underdog and this man was an activist this man wanted to change the system that he lived in he saw the system he saw how the poor was oppressed he saw how people struggled how people were poverty stricken and he spoke against that he advocated for that so when we look at the nature of jesus we do see that he would in 2023 be with the times and say to people and say to men that women are valuable and he would not belittle us on the stage or on the podium and make us feel less than what she said about being a christian and being told what not to do i kind of disagree with that i disagree in the sense that in any community in any system in any religion in anything that you're a part of group society a family anything of that nature system micro or macro there are rules that you must abide by there are rules that are indirectly spoken and there are rules that are directly spoken there are rules spoke verbally and there are rules that are spoken non-verbally and so to abide in those groups we must abide by those rules and when the day I decided to become Christian I decided that I want to live within the structure of what God created of what Jesus you know um died on the cross for and so I abide by those rules so I get a little bit antsy when people start talking about rules and what should be followed because I do think that we're avoiding accountability and one thing that I've always been good at is taking accountability for my actions so when we think about the idea of not following rules and being a Christian just means living like Jesus well well yeah so then being a Christian also means avoiding things that are not like Jesus so there is rules but I think that when it's formed in this rigid way a lot of modern society people feel afraid and feel boxed in and feel chained but ideally the rules create a sense of safety and also a sense of freedom for us so that we're abiding within this structure and this scaffolding that Jesus has created for us to live our best life now yeah, so I agree with a lot of things that she says. Jesus is definitely an evolving person, character, being, spirit, God. God, don't don't crucify me for saying not the right thing. Listen, end of the story is if Jesus was here in 2023, he would be with the stuff, okay? And let me tell you something else. If Jesus lived in 2023, he would have an iPhone. 
And I'm going to shut this down with one thing. You know, I got a sister in church. She's always going with us about, you know, iPhones and Androids because she got an Android. And this is what I say to her every time. I'd be like, nobody puts on their Christmas list. I want an Android. (laughs) As an iPhone user, I say that I'm biased, but I do think that if Jesus walked the worth in 2023, my cool guy would have him a nice Nike tech on with the dunks, with pair of ones, probably iPhone in hand, be doing the thing. Okay. But I don't know if you disagree, leave a comment. Let me know. Hit me up. Would Jesus have an Android or an iPhone? Cast your votes. So I think that the thing that Jesus would want us to do in this situation where we listen to this TikTok girly, okay, our TikTok Christian girly talk about her disappointment in hearing women talked about in that way. I think that Jesus would not talk about women in that way. And I think that he would be an advocate for women. I do feel like her response to the situation was very, very like um, appropriate and well thought out. Because at the end of the day, people are human and they make mistakes. And you want to be able to maintain the connection that you have with God. So we talked about bliss. We talked about boundaries. And if you are feeling blue... I want to say to you that I love you and that I'm so happy that you are listening. You are so special to me. Having you listen to my podcast is one of the best things that I can ask for. I'm so happy for your support and you are valuable to me. If you are still feeling blue and still feeling like nobody wants to hear you or no one understands you, please feel free to reach out to me or reach out to someone that you love and do not be afraid to change your mind and say that you need help. I want to encourage you to enjoy your week and continue living it up and loving on yourself. And if you're feeling like you're too big, too small, or like you can't fit, metamorphosis. Jesus, oh Jesus, what would Jesus do? Tell me what would Jesus do?